Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined once again by UEFA A Licensed Coach and PDP Technical Advisor, Dan Wright. Dan, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you going today? Very well, looking forward to tackling another question. And this week it comes from Chris. So Chris has said, within my team, I've got a lot of players who tend to just dribble the ball all the time. How can I encourage or help them to pass the ball more? Dan, what are your thoughts on this? So my, my initial thought is this is, is this a problem? You know, so the way the question's phrased, it's implying that this this is a problem in the coach's eyes. And I would challenge whether this is a problem, whether whether it is something that we need to fix. Um, I suppose for me this would massively depend on the context so context, sorry, what so what age are these players? Because if they were foundation phase, so anything sort of up to under twelve, I would say that this isn't a problem and, and maybe this is something they could develop into a strength and something they can build on. I suppose if it's in that that second sort of age group of thirteen to sixteen, then perhaps it should be it should be starting to look more like the men's game, and perhaps there should be some more passes and receivers. What are your initial thoughts on on the question? Yeah, I think the age is pretty important. So I think I think we can assume. I've had a little bit of contact with Chris on email, so we can assume that these are foundation phase or young players. So that's the first thing to clarify. I think. I'm a huge believer based on you know experience and working with some great coaches who really advocate strength-based training that this does work. So if you've got a player who's a dribbler and is constantly running into trouble and maybe not dribbling technically well because perhaps their head's down or they're just making poor decisions, they might need help. But if they're a dribbler and they're constantly getting success and are beating players, but perhaps other teams aren't getting other players, sorry, in the team aren't getting the ball um, and it's having a detrimental effect but that player is still developing, then I think you've got to balance that between saying, well, this might be a problem for some of the players around this player, but it it might be actually helping this player get better at what they're best at, uh, if you know what I mean. So I think it's really important that we continue to work with players on their strengths. I think it's very easy to have a glass half empty approach and go, well, this player is weak at this, so I'm going to try and fix that, as opposed to saying, this player's got an amazing attribute, let's try and work on it and get it from an eight out of 10 to a nine, nine and a half out of 10, whilst trying to tidy up the rest over the course of their journey. So that, that's kind of my initial idea. What about you? Yeah, I suppose, like you said, if it is that super strength and it is the thing that's going to make them special, then then it's it's challenging to, to stop that. And I suppose some of this might be down to the maybe the, the coach's opinion of what a footballer looks like. So, so I think we all have um, biases towards certain players, whether they be uh, left footers or 1v1 players or people that like a tackle or people that always score goals. I think every coach has a natural leaning towards a certain group of players and it might be the type of player that they were and it might be the type of player that they wanted to be. So if you're a terrible uh, defender that likes to smash people and kick it up the pitch, then you might see the talent in a 1v1 player and, and their creativity as something you know extra special. So that that's quite interesting to, to explore that, I suppose, whether that that sort of lens you're looking through is, is almost filtering what's going on. Um, and, and then I think that 
again, without knowing the players and without knowing all of the context, I think it's about putting those boys or, or girls into a situation where perhaps it is better to pass the ball. And then are they making the right choice? So if they're dribbling and it's working for them in games, like you said, then that's got to be right. But if you put them in practices or scenarios where um, you should pass, or perhaps you could even put them in a scenario where they have to pass and they can't do it, then I think perhaps you, you know there is a gap in their learning and there's a place for you to, to sort of jump in. So I know recently on the Masterclass discussion, we had Ben Bartlett and he talked about, you know, with the constraints, rewarding, restricting and relating. So it might be that you restrict the game in some way to encourage or to make something happen. It might be that you reward a different activity so that the players can still make all the choices they want to do, but that to get that extra goal or to get those double goals or to win the game, they have to, you know, they have to get that reward. And then it's about relating it to their game. So it's probably seven aside or nine aside with these guys. So I think it's about maybe manipulating that practice. So even if it's a simple, perhaps a 2v1, and there's there's that opportunity to pass, you know, if you're in a 1v1, there's the opportunity to pass and your friend will definitely score. Then if they're not doing that or they do it, you know, they dribble every single time, I think then perhaps you've got a platform for a conversation and, and somewhere to talk about, you know, is it always dribble? Mm, yeah, some great ideas there. I think another one that's just come to mind is the language that we use. So, you know, as coaches, it's very easy to praise and very easy to just, you know, give away praise like it's lollies at times because you, when you see something that's really good, it's, it's easy just to praise that player and get in the habit of doing yeah. it. Your praise has to be specific. So you might decide, as opposed to just praising things where it's good or exciting, you might decide to perhaps check yourself for a week or two and say, look, I'm just going to affirm players that really do some good passes or really execute some some killer passes or combinations that get us into the sort of final third or things that you feel your team needs to work on. So I think the language that you use, and if we all get excited as coaches on the sideline and we see that unbelievable bit of exciting play, perhaps we're affirming to the group that that's what the coaches want to see and the players might go, well, actually, now I have to dribble. So if we decide we're going to affirm passes or good decisions on the ball, and that might be a dribble, beat a couple of players, then lend the ball, that's a great decision. Um, then perhaps we can be a lot more clever with the way we communicate. Secondly, yeah, I think, sorry, I think, I think um, because, you know, the, if you ask the players who's the best players in the world, they would probably say Messi, they'd probably play, say Ronaldo, they'd probably say Neymar. And what do all of those players yeah. do? They all take people on, they all get the, you know, the claps and the, the oohs and the ahs from the, from the fans, and they're all good in 1v1 situations. So if you were 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, what are you going to do? You're going to do the stuff that you're watching on TV, that your mum and dad thinks good, that's on Twitter, that's on Facebook, that people are making YouTube videos of. Yeah. You're probably not going to do the killer passes and the combinations that perhaps the coach the coach loves so much. So it's about, like you said, maybe just just switching that, that focus to make this stuff as important as this stuff. And I, and I think, you know, going off topic a bit, I think this is why maybe not so many kids enjoy defending. Not because defending is not fun, because... Actually, when you teach it in a certain way, the, the guys normally like tackling each other. Mm. But it's just because it's not viewed as an attractive thing to do. Because yeah, sure. the stuff that that's on, you know, the Nike adverts and the Adidas adverts is not tackling and heading. It's or perhaps even passing and receiving. It's one v ones and it's dribbles and it's nutmegs and it's 
all the stuff that, that that we're talking about in this in this question, I guess. Again, yeah, it goes back to what the players value versus what the coaches value, and how you then coach those values. So I think it's really important. I think another really key bit of advice that may help Chris with this situation is individualizing it because. It's easy just to put one constraint on the game and say, right, this is going to apply to all players, but it may not be necessary for all players. So if you've got, again, two or three players that are really dribbling all the time, can you say to them, look, I'm going to give you double goals if you get an assist. I'm going to give you double goals if you play into an end zone and we score. So a few task constraints that could be used are things like end zones, split passing games, combination play games, one touch finish is a great one to get players lending the ball in the final third. Um, and we've got some sessions on the session plan library at playerdevelopmentproject.com. So worth checking out the combination play games. And there's also a version there from, uh, from one of our FA contributors, um, Simon Millington, who put a session on called Tic Tac Total, which is a very good one with young players, if that's what we're talking about here, where essentially it's a possession game, two goals, and the goal uh, amount is based on the number of passes leading up to it. So six passes equals six goals. A simple game that many coaches would have used, but one that's great for encouraging young players to share the ball. So whether that's putting a constraint on an individual that says, I'm going to give you double points or your team double goals if you get that assist, or whether it's putting it on the whole group, that's something that I think Chris needs to consider. Yeah, I, I think sort of the final thought for me would be, um, I've had a challenge with this before where perhaps the players wanted to spend perhaps too long on the ball, or I suppose my concern would, was that were better choices to be making. Um, the, the way I sort of addressed this was rather than, um, like I said, perhaps focusing on the goals, I did a whiteboard and did top assist. So that night right. we played, we've just played games, but you only got on the board for an assist. So rather than perhaps the additional focus of the, the goal scorer being the most important and top goal scorer being you know the the, the sort of the, the prize that everybody wanted, you had the top assists. So the boys were looking to set each other up, and then and then to move on to that, you could have different type of assists. So I know this is something we've touched on before, but maybe like a bingo style with different types of assists. So it might be a one touch assist, a lofted assist. Uh, assist from my own half, assist with my left foot, and that might just get them thinking or, or, or challenged to, to do something different. And then I suppose it's about balancing that off because if they are good dribblers and they are doing good things, you don't want to you don't want to take away from that strength. So, so sort of finding a middle ground, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the key point. Is if it's not broken, don't fix it, and really show some patience and, and keep working on those strengths. But obviously, Chris has got some concerns there. Hopefully, we've helped him with those, and we wish him the best with his coaching. Dan, thanks again for your time this week, and we'll look forward to another PDP Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.